We are the Bros Who Think Network, and you're tuned in to Bros Who Binge. Enjoy. What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and I'm joined by Lennon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing today? Man, today is a wild day because, yes. first off, we got D23 updates to the minute. Because this episode, we dropped late because me and Schubert knew that The Mandalorian was dropping. We're just waiting for it. So hopefully, before this episode, by the time we get to our D23 section, The Mandalorian will be out. But we've gotten crazy news, like new people joining the MCU, new shows. Like, D23 is wild right now. On top of that, we got the most wild news that dropped earlier in the week. I'm not going to say it because it's coming later there on the line. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know. And then me and Schubert have our first movie that we don't agree on. This sure, is yeah. an interesting episode, man. Yeah, um... We're going to be talking about a lot of the news going on, and like Lynn said, we're going to try and talk about the Mandalorian trailer as it drops, if it drops, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think we have some really cool stories to talk about today, and we're going to review The Kitchen, which was the movie, if none, if you don't already know, with Tiffany Haddish, Melissa McCarthy, and Elizabeth Moss. Yep, and that's the movie that me and Schubert do not agree on, ladies and gents. But Schubert, my man, whenever you're ready, let's. We got a jam-packed episode, and Topic One's gonna. I feel like you and you tweeted you felt different with me on Topic One, so I'm interested to well, see. Well, that was just on a certain point, but yeah, we'll get into it. So I'm ready to talk about the news stories. Let's let's get going. All right, so the first. Story is that Sony will no longer have Kevin Feige produce on their Spider-Man films. And so Spider-Man will now be taken over fully by Sony and will be out of the MCU as of right now. We don't know what's going to happen in D23 or in the immediate future. Yeah, because there's some rumors percolating. But I don't believe those rumors because... I haven't seen any of the like we got we pay for sources and our sources are saying this shit is is stalled right now. Like this has been going on for a while. Well, I feel like there's a lot to break down in this. Like, yo, it's hard to pick sides in the matter. I mean, I'm picking the side. I mean, it's a deal of whether you understand that, that not everyone wants to be under the Disney umbrella. Or you want to just see good Spider-Man movies, or if you you know think that Spider-Man has been, you know, vastly improved by the MCU. Also, it comes down to the fact of how Marvel and Disney treat people, because there's so much to unpack by this. Like it is a lot. So, So like, do we want to talk about things, fan perspective, Spider-Man first, and then, or do we want to just go? with the business stuff first let's do the business stuff first so then we could speculate like fully at the end let's get the business stuff out of the way just so we can talk about it so basically disney wanted 50 percent of first day revenue sales basically whatever it's kind of like the leonardo Leonardo dicaprio thing uh a little but it's a little different because they they wanted to not 
to get 50% of first day revenue income from the movie, whatever the movie's uh, made on the first day, they wanted 50% of that, as well as not to be able to finance the film because they want, because Sony wanted them to finance it up to, because they're 100% financing it. And they're like, if you want 50%, you got to finance it halfway with us. And they were like, no, we're not financing it either. And they wanted more stuff than just that. Like they wanted to get into revenue sale on like the video games. There was stuff that Disney wanted that Sony was like, bro, I can't do it. Sony was like, we'll give you, they went up from 5% first day uh, revenue to 10 to 15 to, I saw a report even today that they would potentially do 25, but it would have to be Disney having to uh, help finance as well as pre- uh, bring Venom into the MCU. So, so, what's, so what's already been going on is that Sony's been fully financing the films. Disney's been, you know, helping per- with production. Yeah. Uh, but they're not putting up a cost. Yeah, they're not like putting they're- up any money. And so now they want to continue this group with Spider-Man and Sony, but they want to, to take half the money without and, putting and up anything. The, and take the IP. And take and take parts of the IP. Yep, because they want with, they want Venom. They want I'm guessing other Spider-Man villains, and I can believe it. That's that makes sense why Norman Osborn has not been in these movies yet. It makes so much sense why it we've gotten Vulture and we've gotten. Mysterio, it's because I don't think Sony was willing to let him use him. Well, I mean, it seems valid on why they wouldn't want that. Yeah, no, uh, it does. Because, like, you know, obviously Spider-Man's their most giant cash cow. They've had some giant success with Venom and Spider-Verse, probably because of the success of Homecoming. Potentially, uh, yeah. And because I, I, think, I think Feige was... This is the report that I don't know. I, like, I this wasn't from someone that that I feel that I trust one hundred percent, but I still say it. I don't know if this is true, but they said Feige produced those films too. Yeah, no, they did. Okay, yeah, they said he helped and like helped the direction with that. So that could be another reason why those films were successful. Even though Venom uh, was like maybe so, but that I mean like from what this sounds like to me is that Sony did the film and maybe Kevin Feige gave them some advice. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, does Kevin Feige, like, really make that big of a difference at the end of it? Which is where my perspective lies with the whole, whole can Sony make a quality Spider-Man? Oh, yeah, because there's, there's two parts to this. Like, how does the MCU move forward, and can Sony make Spider-Man work? Those are the two sides. It, when it comes to the business, but let's just sort of finish this, because I yeah. think this ties in. This is just being too fucking greedy, man. Excuse my French. Like, I know I'm cursing well, too early in the show, but it's like, my God. Well, I mean, they realize that what we're coming to is maybe three or four companies owning the market, and that yeah. that being it. And so they're just like, well, we're just going to do it because this is what's going to happen, and there's no way that you're ever going to outbeat us, you know, earning money. So, yeah. like, if you want to keep your Spider-Man thing, it's okay. We'll have it in 10 years. That's probably their mindset, pretty much. So they're never going to budge on it when, like, with the vast amount of money they have i don't see why it wouldn't have been that big of an issue to front a movie that you feel so strongly needs to be in your universe so, and I mean, as I re- well as that's your batman Oops. like that's no that's, to that's me what that- i'm saying like to them he's not their batman obviously yeah I mean, they don't it- want to front the money for that then like and i never felt like when you said that and that's why i said i disagreed with you on twitter is i've never felt like he was the batman of this and i never and i didn't even feel like the direction that they were going with and far from home was leading him in to the direction of being like some kind of primary leadership 
Well, see, my thing is, it's like, like they might and, not and, feel that way, but I know for a fact that these fans, when they saw Spider-Man and they saw, to- like, true Marvel fans, and, and like, they're the ones who, who are hurting the most from this because when, with no Tony, no Cap, it has to be Spider-Man that brings us into the next fold. In, 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 if not, like, and that could maybe be why they outed him at the like that Far From Home looks sketchy now. Like, it re, like all of knowing all of this, where we're at, is that why they outed him? Like, it, it, because they knew, like, in, in like maybe they well, kill, kill him off. The, the other side. part of that is like going with the Sony having to make another Spider Man. Did they out him because we they wanted to put Sony in a precarious situation going forward with Tom Holland? Yeah, and and there's also there's rumors now that Zendaya and Tom Holland both unfollowed Sony on Instagram. There and John Watts oh, does good grief. John Watts doesn't want to do the film, but John Watts is contract. Both John Watts and Tom Holland are contractually supposed to do another Spider-Man film that will be in the MCU. I don't know how how that how that plays out now because Tom Holland yeah because Sony doesn't want that Tom Holland can. Say I'm walking. John Watts can walk. They lose their money. Maybe get sued. Like th- this is a big shit show, man. For sure. But you know, people want to again. People want to just put pay, place a lot of blame on Sony and may paint them as like the villain and all of this. But they're pretty much protecting their company. Yeah. Like, they just at this point, this is how they needed to save their brand, their brand, their company. I mean, they they were gonna be just. Giving their biggest cash cow to Disney for nothing. Yeah, and and somebody tweeted, I forget who it was, but somebody in the uh, film industry was he, he and he wrote an article about how Disney is trying to become a monolith. Like they're trying sure, to be yeah. the, the only monolith that goes up against Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers is the only one that can stand on its own. But Sony, it, they felt like like you said they were going to lose their company, and Disney feels like oh well we could just buy y'all and that will end up hurting creators. I know people out there are like, MCU, MCU, but this affects original content. This affects less original movies. If everything's under the Disney umbrella, we'll see Disney-like stuff and will be less diverse stuff, original content and less diverse content out there if studios just get bought up and lose all their properties and, and all their stuff to Disney. Yeah, I'm... I just it's just hard for me to feel angry at Sony in any of this. Like it's just I I totally understand where they're coming from. I I feel a lot of optimism, and I guess that could we could talk about that when we talk about what's going to happen next. But I guess we should go into talking about some of the other mistreatment that Disney yeah has done that we've found out about in this whole mess yo okay the stuff about that's the stuff with stanley's daughter yeah. is absolutely insane i pulled let me pull up the quote so basically she says whether it's sony or someone else the continued evolution of stan's characters and his legacies de- deserves multiple point of view when my father died no one from marvel or disney reached out for, reached out to me from day one they have commendized my father's work and never shown him or his legacy any respect or decency she stated in the end no one could have treated my father worse than the marvel and disney executives Woo, she also that said something sound good just says Something along the lines of cameos don't equal respect or cameos aren't everything. 
and no di- and no Marvel fan will I, I didn't I didn't I, we have to dig for this. Like this is something that like the, the like people are like this isn't on the rap variety. This isn't in main source. Like people are trying to push this under the boat and it and it sucks for people like Stan and this sucks for Stan's legacy. Like we wanted to get on Bill Maher's ass when Bill Maher was doing shade was talking crap about Stan Lee. Well, what are we gonna do about Disney and Marvel who are betraying the IP and the creators? Like that that's just it's insane well, to me. Well I mean and it just looks really skeezy and like these are supposed to be the people that we instill to bring up our children in yeah. a way, you know? Like they children watch Disney movies and Disney television and go to Disneyland and Disney products and everything is Disney for them. And if Disney's not going to represent what they're trying to preach, then who are who are the people that are in charge and why are they in charge of you know something that's important to the culture? No, you're absolutely right. And it's so. like, Jesus, man, and, and all that stuff that's just popping up is like, my God, like, y- y'all are just looking worse and worse and worse. And, and yeah, I, 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 like, I asked Marvel fans to, to, to stand up, man, but they, but I don't think they will. It's going back to that South Park episode with the mouse. <laughs> He's just kind of, <laughs> just kind of like this godfather evil, like, owns the media, like, uh, I can do what I want. <laughs> you, can, you, you, you have to come to me. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that, that junk was crazy. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of the whole deal with the Disney Sony and what's all going on with that. But now we need to t- talk about what's going to go on with Spider-Man. Yeah, let's talk Spider-Man first and then do MCU next. Okay. How do you feel about because you're the person that is kind that thinks in the Spider Verse best Spider Man movie, you yeah. you feel that Peter Parker shouldn't be the mainstay of Spider Man anymore. How do you feel about this now being out of the MCU? But at the same time, Tom Holland was your favorite Spider Man. So how do you feel about this? Um, I guess Tom Holland was my favorite Spider Man in actions, but not script okay like i of course if i was gonna do a spider-man i wouldn't have done it the way that the mcu did it not saying that it was bad that's just not the way that i think that would best served a spider-man story that's why i never really felt like the mcu had that much stock in spider-man because they made spider-man fit their story instead of make their story fit spider-man but apparently, but I mean, look, they had to have, I mean, made it that way because I mean, they yes, they, they did, they did, and they did fine. I'm not like knocking anything that they had to do. So like, when it comes to bringing him back to Sony, and we're like, okay, well, we have to do Tom Holland. It goes back to what I said earlier with like, okay, well, he's outed now. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go back and do like an isolated story within his time period of the MCU, which I don't think they'd be able to do? Yeah, are you I gonna don't go? Know forward with the what happened in the MCU? Are you going to retcon? Uh, do you think they retcon? I I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Like if I was them, I would just let Tom Holland and the other guy go and I would just start over. Yeah, that's kind of like my thing is if I'm Sony, you already have your Eddie Brock in San Francisco. 
you have him away from the scenes. You have to bring him to wherever you're going to bring Spider-Man. Or if you're going to bring Spider-Man to San Francisco, recast. Like, I, I, I just don't see how you make Tom Holland work and make it feasible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if it's me, and I guess this is how we're talking, like, I don't know what they should do with it because, like, I think that it's all a mess. Like, yeah, I think, no, I'm with you. Like, like I, can, I, I understand that they want the IP and they want the money. That, but like, if I'm just gonna speak as if I was them, I would scrap it. I would, I would be like, okay, we got this Eddie Brock. We're doing Morbius. We're doing Cra- uh, Craven. Let's bring in Miles Morales. Let's just do it. Because we've done too many Peter Parkers. Miles Morales was successful and in into the Spider Verse. We can definitely move around his story because no one really knows it. Big facts. And look, if they really like me talking about, and, and look, I'm gonna talk like I'm them and I'm a black man. So let's say I'm the black man that's working at Sony's in the top execs. I'm saying, and, and I'm looking at this, I'm saying, scrap it. And, let, and you wanna make money? If this is about making money, Let's play to the fucking diversity card and do Miles Morales and get the black folk and the Latino folk in the movie. And we could say, screw Disney. We got the first black Spider-Man. Like, would that not fucking sell? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, what what I think that needs to be leaning into is not retelling the Spider-Man of old, but retelling, but telling the story of the Spider-Man of today. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of a thing that you could even hearken with DC, but they need, but I really want them to do the stuff from the past. Yeah, but like I think that would be beneficial if, if we're having comic lines that are more recent to tell those more recent comic lines. No, I, the, just like what we're getting with female, female Thor, because female Thor wasn't apparently didn't step on the scene until like or 2011. Yeah, 2011, 2012, Jason Aaron, and the run ju- is about to end just now. So like that, that's been one of the longest runs. But yeah, no, it's harder to it's harder to predict. Uh, um, well, I mean, like, you know, telling Pete, Sony does. Like instead of modifying the Peter Parker story, just tell the Miles Morales story and tell it for the first time for real. Yeah, just let it let it be known and like, like do that's it out, the easiest do it that's the easiest way to take advantage of your IP and run with it. And have guess, uh, Miles Morales fight Venom. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The only thing that you really have to retcon from the story of Spider-Man is that you're going to put Peter Parker villains against Miles Morales. And I mean, hey, that's okay. So whatever. I mean, whatever. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, I think people are just going to come for Spider-Man. And, yeah. if they, and if they're coming for an accurate Spider-Man story, then why'd they go to the MCU movies? Mm-mm, that's a subtle dig because you know how I felt like he was Tony Tony Stark's pet and that's not Spider-Man no I, I agree and I feel like what's really difficult is going into this and having to explain how Spider-Man's definitely detect he's gonna have we didn't really yeah, establish like, much about how that he created his own things and knows how to do these things so now yeah. it's he, he's, he's pretty much been in what what was it called that Karen was like you know Wait, training yeah. wheels? Oh my god, this is even more of a mess than I even like even thought. Like maybe they could keep Tom Holland in, in the back of my head. I was like, but like no, you you make a great point. Like how does he use his suit? That he can't use that fuck any of those fucking he suits. Can't. Yeah, like, like it's just <laughs> it's just so convoluted. And I'm like, you know, why would you want to go through with the Tom Holland stuff? Because I just don't. I feel like the end. MCU just did what they wanted to do with Spider-Man. He has nothing to do with the Spider-Man stories that you want to tell. 
Yeah, no, you have. Damn, Marvel did put him in a precarious situation. For sure, Marvel, Marvel put him in a rock and a hard place. Like, okay, you take him away. How are you gonna make a movie when when his entire character is based on one of our characters? Like, exactly. You and, and you can't. Like we took and, away. Like, and, and maybe that's why they didn't do, John, do the John Favreau stuff. can't be in it. Yeah, John. No, John Favreau. You can't have him. Um. You can't have any MCU peeps, no or Nick references. Fury, no S.H.I.E.L.D., no none of that. Like, you just stay in New York, and we better not hear of Avengers Tower. We better not hear shit about S.H.I.E.L.D. We better not hear any of those names. Because if we do, we're going to sue the shit out of you guys. Like, would it be cool to have finally a Tom Holland, New York-centric Spider-Man story? Maybe, but it'd be very difficult because everyone would know he's Spider-Man. He wouldn't be yep. able to go anywhere. He wouldn't have anyone backing him up. And, and, then, and like he has no purpose for being a hero in a in a world that's Avengers-less, and because you took away the thing that made him a hero, he doesn't even know what great power comes great responsibility. I, and that now that now that Uncle Ben's not in this, this makes I, I see this as all shade from like I I feel like this was all plant like they knew they knew what they were doing. I feel that man like I feel like they did that on purpose now. Well, I mean, and that's what I'm trying to to be like. I don't want to dog what the MCU did with Spider-Man because, like I've said on this before, and I put Spider-Man so high on my MCU list. Like, I like the movies. I, I think it's cool. But, like, they did not stay true to Spider-Man. And no, Spider-Man is not the Batman of that universe. Like, he's just, he's not, he was never given the... I wouldn't say respect because they respected him, but like he was never given the. It's just do who he is. I guess to... just do, yeah. I mean, he was he was just he was never put given his true at, uh, his at, a, at as high a pedestal as he was supposed to be put at. Yeah, like he did not get the respect that the comics give him. Like, let's just say it, call it what it is. He, like it, that was placed upon Iron Man and Captain America. And I mean, I get it. That's their first heroes. But if you're gonna bring in new people, like Black Panther didn't get that treatment. Black Panther could stand alone. Like he could. Sure. Like Captain Marvel didn't get that treatment. She was supposed to be led as this new shining beacon. But Spider Man's the protege. Yeah, I think Sp- like Sp- Sp- and, and even in like the big moments, Spider Man only got maybe a couple that really represented how powerful he was as a hero, but he was always kind of the one that needed help. Yeah, no, 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 no. True, true, true. Damn, bro. This could be looked at as some Disney shade, but let's talk about speculating on the MCU angle. I truly believe if Spider-Man is gone, we see a fast track of the X-Men in Fantastic Four. I I think we get it Right now, Phase 4 ends in 2021, or ends in 2020, at the end of 2020, or the end of 2021. I think we might not have gotten the X-Men until, like, 2025, 2024. I see that pushed up to 2022, 2023, if we have no Spider-Man. Because if you have no Spider-Man, you better, goddammit, get Wolverine or Reed Richards in this MCU to lead. Because you have no Cap, you have no Tony, now you have no Peter. So, like... My God, who's going to lead this bullshit group of heroes? Here, so I agree with you with the X-Men thing, but I have another another couple options that I want to put on the table before we go into the X-Men thing. Okay, so go the ahead. first the first option is let's say in Guardians 3, they introduce Nova mm-hmm. as the young teen character kind of I feel like we're going super cosmic this phase. So it would make sense to have your young teen character be a Cosmic guy. See, okay, let me let me counter that real quick. We'll we'll stick on that. My thing is with Nova, I agree with 
now that makes sense for that as well. No, I definitely agree with your Nova take. I just don't know how they do the teen angle because the only teen Novas from Earth, and if they're in like that's my, that's my only thing. How do you how do you get a teen in space? But if you explain it well, I'm with you. Sure. I mean, I think that they can do whatever they want, and especially with someone like Nova, who really not a lot of people know the details. That's true. Uh, and then the other one is Kid Loki that I heard someone pitch. Kid where, Loki. where apparently there's an arc in the comics where Loki is de- dead and pretty much reborn in a sense, kind of like a back in time of him comes to the future and it's kid Loki. And it's pretty much Loki with all the powers that he has, but he has no history of his life. Mm-hmm. So he becomes a hero. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, if I had to vote on which one I think they choose out of your two predictions, I'm voting Nova. Cause I like, I, I sure. really like that Nova take for sure. But, but yeah, let's go back to, to X-Men. Cause I, like you, I think of this as the most, likely thing that would be done oh my My gosh my question is now since you need younger characters in this mcu do you go with a younger first class style x-men group or do you go with or yeah or do you go with uh you know the james marsden aged i think x-men group I don't think you go uh, Ty Sheridan age, and I don't think you go James Marsden age. I think you go in between that for certain characters. Like, I think you make a, a, a Wolverine that could be in 10 movies that's like 28, 29, 30. You have a Scott Summers who's 28, 29, 30. You have a Gene Grey, 28, 29, 30. Then Storm, I think, is in that range as well. I think those are the four that are 28, 29, 30 young heroes that could be in multiple movies. But then the Jubilees, the Kitty Prides, the 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 Icemen, those, those dudes, be the teens. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Whereas, be- yeah, no, those are gonna be the young peeps. Nightcrawler could be young as well. I think. Okay. I think, I think if you make Sp- older. I think if 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 this situation wasn't what it was, I think we would have seen an older Wolverine, an older Scott. Older, and I think the Kitty Prides and then might have been in the twenty range, but now I think those people are in the teen range, and then the mainstays are in the twenty eight, twenty nine, like young leader, like they're the young leaders of the X Men. Well, then what is what have they been doing? Mm. Well, that thing. I that I can't speculate at all, but I think through Eternals we'll learn a little more because through Eternals they can explain how mutant population was on Earth, but if they're on Earth, where the hell are they? So. That's what they have to do. I also think you can fast-track Fantastic Four with this and have Reed Richards lead as well. I also feel our pitch of Marvel Knights may actually happen now, and I think we we need a hero in New York. Daredevil's going to come a lot sooner than we thought, and he's probably going to get a movie. It could be uh, Kit Harrington's uh, spoilers for later news. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we might as well talk about it. Kit Harrington's uh, been cast in the MCU, announced that D23... So has Keanu Reeves, but I haven't seen that like mentioned more. But yeah, so we knew about that though. So who do you think Keanu Reeves playing? supposed to be in? Keanu Reeves supposed to be in the Turtles. We can knock that out right now. Who do you think? Um, who do you think Kid's playing? Do you think uh, Kid's think, like out of all these people we've named? What if he's a villain? Oh man, I, I don't think they would make him a villain. Oh man, I don't see him as Reed. Because Reed Richards has to be older. I, I still think Reed Richards is going to be John Krasinski when it's said and done. Um, I saw people say Kit Harrington maybe is Johnny Storm. 
I don't, I don't see that. I don't no. see Kid. Do you see him as Wolverine? I think like if we're talking all Johnny Storms, I think uh, we wouldn't get one like Chris Evans. Mm, okay, so you don't think we'll get a, a Zac Efron type Johnny Storm? No. Um, just for the time we're in, I definitely don't think it would be like a Caucasian actor. Ooh, yeah. see, I, I disagree because I think because because Fox tried to do that with Michael B. I I don't. Oh well, I don't think he's gonna be black. I'll say that. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's gonna be black either. But oh, I don't so think he's gonna be white. Like a, you think he'll be a Latino or a, a Asian actor? Something like that. Yeah. All right. Might be Henry How Golding. You, he's in everything. <laughs> My thing with that is, if you do that, then your Sue Storm has to be that too, because they're sister sure. and brother. Unless you're unless you're pulling the adopted card in. But see, I don't think they're making Sue Storm not a white lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, no, like I 100% think that like this is Marvel's first family. Like, this is gonna be like Caucasian peeps. The div the, the diversity stuff's happening right now with Eternals and stuff, and we'll probably see it with X Men. But I don't think like I think. They're gonna give Fantastic Four to the Caucasian people for sure. Think Kid Harrington can play Punisher? No, fuck no. I don't think I don't think he's gonna play any of like the Daredevil, Marvel Knight side of it. If anything, I'm thinking either Johnny Storm, Wolverine, and I I don't I, I don't think Wolverine either. But maybe maybe uh, no. he's maybe too old. A, a Gambit. Maybe a, a, I I think he's either X Men or Fantastic Four. I really do. That's just okay. well, well, that would be a big that would be a big announcement later on in D twenty three if they ended up attaching him to one of those two franchises. Yeah, and we'll, an announcement. And we'll talk about that next week more. Uh, um, but that's history. pretty much all we can talk about with Spider Man and the MCU. Yeah, pretty much. That's about it. So you can move on. He's out. He's he's done. He's later and, later. Piece. And hopefully Tom Holland as Spider Man's done too. Not yeah. that I didn't like it. Just like there's no way that Sony can continue what the mcu gave them without mcu elements yeah that's so true poor sony but they'll figure a way they got all the ip so like worst case scenario they just left oh do you think phil lord and chris miller now have a bigger role because they were supposed to make spidey films and tv going forward do you think they're not going to be spearheading this if they are then expect very comedic spider-man yeah, true, true, true. But I mean, Peter, it was comedic. Peter's comedic in the uh, comics, you know. So. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, Spider-Man's supposed to be funny. Yeah. So. Whatevs. Later. No more Peter Parker. That's all I gotta say. Bye. I couldn't do it, Mr. Stark. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and yo, you saw Tom Holland posting pictures with Robert Downey Jr. like ch chilling with Mr. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I mean, Tom Holland's got a lot of other stuff going for him, so. Well, his his you know his other Sony movie just got pulled. Which one? The director just left. For which one? For um the the Nathan Drake movie, Uncharted. Oh, Uncharted. Yeah, 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 yeah. The director just left. Yeah. Yeah. So we shall see about if that gets made. But yeah. Man. All right, but let's go into the next news. We've done enough with Spider Man. The latest James. Bond movie has a title, so it's gonna be called No Time to Die. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. Shout out to Brian Edward Hill because he said this. I got. I can't take credit for this. They definitely have a James Bond like title generator that these people fucking use. 
Yeah, it's probably Sam. <laughs> no time to die. Die another day. Die forever. <laughs> Jack Reacher. Live, never die again. <laughs> Skyfall. Casino Royale. Well, those, it? It's like Golden Eye. Yeah. <laughs> Thunderball. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, oh, yeah. What happened to the names like uh? Wh- what was the movie Pussy Galore was in? No, was oh what? Are you talking about Octopussy? Yeah, yeah. What happened to those type names? Yeah, and that was like the whole stem. That was what the whole brought on the whole naming of those Austin Powers movies. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Octopussy pretty much inspired Spy Who Shagged Me. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and, all and I guess those- Golden members, Gold members like Golden. Golden Eye. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's just the title for the James Bond movie. Not much yeah. else with that. I mean, we've talked about it in, in length. It'll be out April 2020, so be, it's coming soon. Uh, the next little bit of news I have here is that they did a teaser, tra- tra- teaser trailer for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and announced that the third season's coming out December 6th. Looks pretty cool. I know Linda doesn't really watch the show, so there's, yeah, um, I just wanted season. to say that it's coming out December 6th, which is exciting because it just seemed like that series just ended. So they, they spit it out pretty fast. I yeah, say, so, so with that being said, hopefully that we get the boys by next summer. Cause it's filming. Oh, I mean, right they, yeah. They said they were already filming, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. The boys are like, they're on, like the Instagram, like posted, thank you for season one. We really appreciate it. And then they were showing set photos from season two and everybody was like, wait, what? And I was like, yes, let's fucking go. All right. But next up, Demi Lovato has joined the upcoming Netflix comedy Eurovision. Will Ferrell, who co-wrote, the film with Andrew Steele announced the news Tuesday with an Instagram post. The comedy, which also stars Pharaoh, Rachel McAdams, Dan Stevens, and Pierce Brosnan, marks Lovato's first live-action appearance since 2010's Camp Rock 2, The Final Jam. Eurovision follows a pair of aspiring Icelandic musicians, Lars Eriksson and Sigrid Erik Dotster, played by Pharaoh and McAdams, who are given the opportunity of a lifetime to represent their country at the annual Eurovision Song Contest, the world's biggest song competition. Brosnan will play Pharaoh's father, the most handsome man in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, no, I'm actually. excited for this. And I'm sure Demi's going to be the, 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 uh, the, the uh, what's it called? Like the pop star who is going up against the Icelandic duo in uh, Eurovision. Something like that. Or like one of the other pop stars that like prefends him or something like that. You know? so, something like that. Yeah, she's the, like she's the she brings the she's musician. Clout. She's either the mean girl or the girl you root for. Yep. That's the musician clout right there. Man. So, yeah, man. Good, but, good for Jimmy. It sounds like a really interesting film. Uh, and it seems like comedies are starting to go to Netflix because I, I just don't know if you can do what the good what Good Boys is doing uh, consistently with comedies now. Yeah, like that's Seth Rogen has his like spot claimed out and like like that's his style of comedy. So this will be dope. Let's see what will if Will Ferrell adapts his comedy and moves it further along well, and like, keeps his style. Well, well, and that's what I'm saying too because Will Ferrell's most recent feature film was a bomb. True. And I feel like Adam Sandler made that move to Netflix because he had a feature film that was a bomb. Yeah. And so is this the trend for comedians who don't feel like they can no longer have their films appear on in feature films and bring and attract people to the box office? That's interesting. No, I 
I could believe it, man, because Farrell hasn't made a hit in a while. Like the the comedy market is in movie theaters driven by Kevin Hart, Seth sure. Rogen, and The Rock. Yeah, kind of. And what? The, yeah, kind of. Com- comedy Kumal and uh, Johnny. Yeah, I'd say those three, and he's Kumal's like the up and comer. Kevin Hart is the 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 mainstay black guy, and and Seth Rogen is the the mainstay white guy. Yeah, I I guess you'd be right. Yeah, no, so good, good, good for Will Ferrell. Glad to see him on Netflix. Hopefully, this movie is good. The next one is also like, man, I know Warner Brothers are like, I don't know if Warner Brothers are like, let's slide this news under the radar while the Sony Marvel stuff is popping off, or if they wanted to like make a big splash and it just got bombarded because of the Spider-Man news. But Lena Wachowski is set to write and direct the fourth film set in the world of The Matrix with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss reprising their respective roles as Neo in Trinity. This will be The Matrix 4. She's also tapped to write the rest with her sister. I, I sure didn't put his, her sister's name in the uh, notes, but yeah, the, the Wachowski sisters are back to write and direct The Matrix 4. How does this work? I, what what happened to the Michael B. Jordan thing? Is that is that dead, or is he in this? Oh, I don't know. What was the Michael B. Jordan thing? He was supposed to get like his own prequel where people didn't know if he was Morbius or P- Morpheus or people. Oh, didn't that know. can still happen. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, if it's a prequel, I, um, people don't know. We don't know. But yeah, I, I haven't. I, I'll be honest. I haven't really seen the other or do really remember the other Matrix movies. Uh, it's not okay. The, not the Matrix Matrix. I know that. Yeah, one. no. <laughs> it's okay. That that's the one you have to know. Honestly, yo, I I kind of hope the Wachowskis do a uh, pull a Halloween, but they and just made like. Yeah, but see, the thing is, they made two and three, so I don't know if they would. I wish they would pull a Halloween and, and just say, yeah, two and three don't exist. We're just going to take it from one because two and three were kind of mad. And I don't even know how they can do it with Keanu Reeves. I thought he was dead. Uh, the oh, really? Moss is dead for sure. Like, if I remember correctly. So then they might be doing that or something I, or something like it. Who knows, man? This is this is weird. Like, the Matrix, Matrix worked, the Matrix worked at the time because we were around the Y2K stuff and it was a time where technology wasn't what it is today. I feel like this is a good time to bring back the Matrix. They just got to do it the right just, way. Just because like, I feel like the Matrix applies to a lot of thinking with all the conspiracies out in the world. True, true. That is very true. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, man. I'm not big, I'm not too hype on this Matrix thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be something that crushes in the box office unless it just kills with it. Unless the trailer just, you know, makes your mouth fall to the floor yeah yeah if the trailer's really good and they have critical response that's good and for sure that's the only way it'll be successful but that's all we got on that i next up we got ifc midnight has acquired the u.s rights to radio flash a survivor thriller starring dominic monahan in brighton sharbino variety has learned the company will release the movie on november 15th the film imagines a dystopian future and with which in which uh, an electric magnet pulse strikes America, knocking out all power and pushing the country into the dark ages. Reese, a tech-savvy teenager, and her father, Chris, flee the city and seek refuge with her grandfather deep in the mountains of the Pacific Northwest. Safely proves to be hard to sa- safety proves hard to come by. Schubert, this is one of my biggest fears of America. Is oh man, what if they just shoot an EMP over us and? It's over, so uh, maybe we'll get to see this in a radio flash. This sounds like one of those 
I don't want to say straight to DVD movies, but this will either be really good or really meh. Yeah, I don't know what, what did it doesn't say in here now of, of whether it was getting theatrically released or not. Oh yeah, yeah it's the fifteenth. Released the movie November fifteenth. Oh, well, that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's still going to be out theatrically. I still think that this could be something that pops on uh, a, a service, uh, some, something like that, maybe straight to DVD. But I think it's an interesting concept. It definitely an interesting concept. It just it definitely gives me vibes of like Angel Has Fallen, uh, San Andreas. Uh, well, it gives me no, those- no. I feel like it's going to be way more independent like than that. You know, I feel like it's going to be way more dramatic, less action. Oh, okay, okay. So you feel like it's just gonna be like them acting and like the stuff of the dystopian future is just like the backdrop. It doesn't. Well, neither one of these actors are action stars or even remotely action actors. I mean, Dominic Monaghan is Charlie from Lost. Yeah, true. And uh, Pippin right from uh, Lord of the Rings. Or yeah. what? No, he's not. He's, not Pippin. he's one of those uh, fucking hobbits. And Brighton Sharpino looks like a model. So oh, I mean, real. she could be kicking some butt, but who knows. Hopefully, man. But I mean, like, like if you looking at a lot of the pictures I've seen, like a lot of them are very like artsy, independent. Like, looks like a lot of people, you know, hiding in the in the midst of the apocalypse, communicating through radios, you know, stuff like that. It's gonna be like more dramatic than action. Yeah, more thriller. True. true. All right, I could buy that. I could buy that. But maybe because it's two actors that aren't like. Like you said, because she's a model and this is like action. I don't know if she is. She's she's really hot. Oh, I, okay, okay, real well. But she's not really in anything that we would know anything about. Okay, so yeah, this is either gonna be indie or it's gonna be like a bunch of like low budget actors doing doing some doing some stuff. It could be, yeah. So, but I, oh no, it's gonna be on IFC midnight. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be it's probably gonna be just the TV. Okay, so like it's str- oh, this might be a TV series. No, it's a movie. Oh, okay, well, word, word, for sure. Well, good for IFC Midnight, but that's all, all right. I got. Man. Well, let's talk about what HBO Max has got going on. They've picked up Steven Soderbergh's next film, the comedy Let Them All Talk, starring Meryl Streep. Joining Meryl Streep is going to be Candace Bergen, Diane Weist, Lucas Hedges, and Gemma Chan. The screenplay will was written by a short story author Mac, short story author author MacArthur Fellow recipient Deborah Einsberg. It's the story of a celebrated author who takes a journey with old friends to have some fun and healed old old wounds. Her nephew, who's going to be played by Hedges, comes along to wrangle the ladies and finds himself involved with a young literary agent. Okay, this might look. This is not necessarily falls under our wheelhouse, but look, in terms of the streaming service wars, this is huge. HBO Max has already well, HBO has already had Meryl Streep on the new season of Big Little Lies. HBO Max getting her for the for the exclusive season Steven Soderbergh film. This is huge. This gives HBO Max legitimacy. Uh, what's interests me here is the concept, which is like you know. Old old woman goes to meet old friends, heal old wounds, but her nephew comes along to wrangle the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's what? supposed to be a comedy. So I'm interested to see how Lucas Hedges and Meryl Streep, two notorious dramatic actors, do in this comedy. Maybe it's going to be more of a dark comedy. Yeah, so true. I think it might be funny. 
or yeah, no. good or you know we'll see hbo max is trying to make a statement here yeah, I, I, like I said, I feel like this HBO Max is like claim for legitimacy, like because Apple TV just released some stuff, how they're doing stuff with Steve Carell and and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, and it's like, all right, Apple, we're cool, you're doing your thing out there, but we still don't believe your legitimacy. HBO, we believe you guys. Oh, for sure. But, I think no yeah. one is uh, judging HBO, especially because they got all that Warner Brothers IP. Big facts. Uh, so fresh off her not Emmy nomination and. I guess her most recent movie cancellation, The Glow's Betty Gilpin has found her next project. The actress is in talks on Chris Pratt in Ghost Draft, which we've talked about before, the sci-fi action film from Skydance and Paramount. And actor Theo the Vaughn is also supposed to join that cast. <laughs> the podcaster? The comedian yes. guy? <laughs> so... On one hand, you you get Betty Gilpin, who's becoming like a really up and coming, like big time actress. Like she just, even though the movie got canceled, the hunt, like she was supposed to be the star of that. Like I feel like she's, I've started to see her just in more things. Yeah. So this is like big for her. But then you bring in Theo Vaughn, and like, what direction are we going here? Yeah, exactly. And then Chris Pratt, like Chris Pratt, is up for so many. But that's what I'm saying. Like he can go either way, though. (laughs) Like you could have Chris Pratt and like, like do something like really serious tonally with Betty Gilpin, or we could do something like really offhanded with Theo Vaughn. Maybe it's, a, it's, it's something that comes together, kind of like, kind of like what, like the classic alien vibe where you have like the guy who's in the middle, the guy who's the person who's more serious and the person who's just like a wild card. Yeah. So um, Who knows? maybe that's and kind that's, of like what this is out. supposed to formulate, but yeah, ghost drafts. It's coming eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Word up. Well, next up, look, sorry, Sci-Fi Network. I don't know how much longer y'all are going to survive because I didn't think this was going to get canceled because I thought this was their biggest show under the expan- the expanse, but Krypton has been canceled at Sci-Fi, and now they're not moving forward with the Lobo series. Not enough of y'all were watching out there, man. Not enough of y'all were watching. So do you think that it was because not enough people are watching? Because like you said, you thought that it was Sci-Fi's biggest thing going into the new Sci-Fi. Or do you think this is more of DC being like, okay, we're going to pull these because we're going to do something else? It could be a little bit of both. Or it could be like, we're going to pull it and bring it on HBO Max slash Disney Plus. Well, I mean, Krypton's all... DC Universe. Isn't Krypton already on DC Universe? Season one is. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's Mm -hmm. not really the the issue, I feel like. I feel like they didn't want to go forward with Krypton on sci-fi because they didn't want... They don't want sci-fi... Getting that money, I suppose. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe. You, you cut off Krypton as a show, or maybe they want the idea of doing a Krypton prequel, but they don't want it to get confused with the Krypton prequel. All this, if, if we're going that route, well, if you're going to cancel the Lobo series, that tells me you have maybe plans for him, and maybe this gives us hope for actually getting Superman soon. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that this. Doesn't necessarily have all to do with sci-fi not getting the viewers because I feel like there is a lot of support for the show. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. Like, t- Twitter was always bumping with this show. Like, that's what I'm saying, like, I didn't feel like the show wasn't unpopular. Yeah, like I thought it did really well, and people definitely were hype on the new season. That's my thing. So this, th- I feel like this is more to do with DC than it is to sci-fi. I'm kind of which on that should be. Yeah. Word up. Well. Ooh, well, we got a little bit of time, but five minutes apparently until the 
Mandalorian panel begins. Hopefully we'll have that trailer by soon enough, ladies and gents. But next up, Kevin Smith is doing the new He-Man series on Netflix. It's supposed to be in an anime style. It's going to be adult centric. It's not going to be for princess like Princess Shinra. It's not. It's supposedly it's not going to tie in with her as of now. But this is Mark Bernard and Kevin Smith, the guys who do Fat Man on Batman. They're making the new He-Man series. Schubert, are you excited for this? Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard from people that I listen to, like Christian Harnoff and Mark Riley, who like had their hands on a He-Man script and wanted to put it out, and they've the way that they've pitched it is Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. Pretty much. So, so if someone can take that idea and show me the He-Man story that's supposed to make me feel like it's Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings and not Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings meets 1960s Batman, <laughs> then I might be into it. Lord Greystone, we have to get to Castle Greystone. <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard that there is going to be like a small level of camp. Oh, I, like, I, thought, I it- thought I read something that they were that he was going to take elements of the old series oh i think he's i saw that he was making this like anime style like castlevania that'd be cool i like yeah, it i'd be down with that castlevania pretty good on you know despite how we feel about Audi and car but whatevs you know castlevania is pretty tight but yeah hopefully he means like uh <laughs> that's some fucking shade if you know BWT <laughs> stuff, but fucking Kevin Smith. Hopefully, this is fucking good, man. Shit. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. I mean, He Man needs a break. Yeah, for real. I'm with you on that. But that's uh, all I got on Kevin Smith, He Man. Yeah, so going back to some more HBO Max things, the creative team said to bring Kaylee Cuoco's dark comedy series, The Flight Attendant, into the, ser- to the streaming service has taken shape. The series, which tells the terrifying story of a flight attendant who wakes up in the wrong hotel in the wrong bed with a dead man and no idea what happened, has tapped Susan Fogel to direct and executive produce for the first two episodes. Mm, um, it's HBO Max bringing on these heavy hitters, man. Kaylee Cuoco, what's up, girl? All right, go HBO Max. Yeah, this seems like what The Hangover meets Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. Because sure. like, it's hard for me to see Kaylee Cuoco not doing Kaylee Cuoco things, which by that... Big Bang. Like, it's really the only thing I've known her for, and besides this Carly Quinn thing. Which, which I, you don't yo, really get to they, see her act. Well, they put a, uh, another, like, video out. I'm kind of hyped for it. Like, I'm really hyped for it. There's more action in that series than we thought. And it's like, de- it's like not, it's still the superhero action. And they said they're going to have a lot of superhero battles, but it's going to be, like, gory, bloody. It's like, that That show might be the big hit of DC Universe come, when it's coming out. Like, I know you weren't hype on it early, but after seeing that new video, I'm, I'm a little more hype on it. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to get to see that. Uh, but still, it's still so far away. Gosh. But we do get Titans in a couple weeks, so. Never yeah, mind. true, true, true. But, yeah, talking about Susanna Fogel, is going to direct and executive produce the first couple episodes. Most recently, she directed The Spy Who Dumped Me, which I didn't think was that bad. Okay. Um, and she also wrote that movie, but she also wrote Booksmart. So I feel like she she has some credibility going into this. So, you know, good, good writing. Well, hope, Kaylee Cuoco, good concept. We'll see if HBO it's fine. HBO Max. Yep, let's see what's up. Next up, we got Christian Serrato is in negotiations to star in the upcoming Netflix series based on life of Te- Tejano music star Selena. Tejano. Tejano music star Selena 
I don't know how to pronounce that last name. She, Quinta, uh, Quintania. Quintania. A variety has learned concern, confirmed with sources. The series was announced back in December and is described as a coming-of-age story of following Selena as her dreams come true and all her heart-wrenching and life-changing choices she and her family make as they navigate success, family, and music. Hopefully this is fire and not like that J-Lo movie. Yeah, Selena's a legend. Uh, in, interesting that they picked Christian Serratos because it was always the idea that you would uh, that we would tap like the real today Selena to be Selena. Uh, but Christian Serratos, most recently <laughs> known for Selena? Uh, Selena Gomez. Oh, you wanted Selena Gomez to be Selena? No, that was just what I had heard was going around. Okay, because I was about to say Christian Serratos kind of looks more like her than J-Lo did. Oh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I was just saying, like, for years and years and years, I had heard that Selena was going to be Selena in a Selena series. Uh, so this is, so it kind of surprised me when I heard that Christian Serratos was going to do it. And it's also funny to me because she's Christian Serratos, and she's in Ned's Classified School Survival. Okay. Oh, yeah, she is. Oh Yeah, Susie, Susie Crabgrass. Real. Oh well, look at her making a making her big move up. Go you, go girl. Have you have you ever seen this movie on Netflix with um, gosh, what's that guy's name? King King Batch. And, and <laughs> I don't. He... Watch... <laughs> I don't watch King Batch movies on Netflix, Shuby. Which okay. one is it? Money Heist. I think it's Money Heist. <laughs> but Ned from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guys in there. And he's some douchey frat boy. You don't even re- I didn't even recognize him. And I was like, wait. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. yeah, man. That's all I got on that. So Ready or Not just came out. And Adam Brody is apparently really good in it. But really? his next project is going to be The Kid Detective. Uh, Sophie Nelise is going to co-star in the dramedy from writer-director Evan Morgan, where Brody is going to star as the once-celebrated kid detective, now 31, who continues to solve the same trivial mysteries between hangovers and bouts of self-pity until a 16-year-old client, who's going to be, you know, Sophie Nelise, a, what an Adam has their last name, brings him his first adult case to find Mm. out who brutally murdered her boyfriend. Is this supposed to be funny? Is this like at, at first I was like, so it's gonna oh. so to me it sounds. What, what did they say this is gonna be on? I, just, I guess they didn't. To me, it sounds like uh, your typical ABC, CBS, like one hour show. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, so, oh, this is a TV show. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought this was a movie. That's why I was about to say, like, I hope this has a nice guys vibe to it. But now, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely gonna be like that typical ABC shit. I think it's a show. Here, I'm gonna look into it more for a second. But like, what do you think about that concept? Because we just kind of saw it in the boys, you know. That's well, look, I mean, the concept would be cool. Like, I would dig it if if it's like what I said, like the nice guys. Like that was like an underrated movie with uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, where it's like a comedy but a dramedy. Like you can bring that comedic elements to it, and then like have the murders be gruesome and stuff. But if it's gonna be a TV show, then it's just like, ooh. But I, I definitely like the concept. Though. I think and I think it's a movie. Oh, okay, okay. If, if it's a movie, hopefully, like I said, it's like the nice guys. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll check see. that out. All right, yeah. well. 
The next topic we have is Michael Shannon is set to play Jerry Buss in HBO's untitled Showtime Lakers pilot. Schubert, this is something that's really exciting for me because I just watched the, uh, well, just listened to the uh, Donald Sterling 30 for 30 pod. And you know me, man, I'm always, yourself included, we're always big into sports history and seeing these sports history things and to have one around Showtime Lakers and Jerry Buss and all the stuff that could have been going on in the 80s and, and early 90s. This show could be great. It just depends on who's going to play Magic and Kareem. True, and how much they're going to show basketball. Tell us. Yeah, like how much are they? Like, am I going to find out about people doing cocaine in the, in the forum? Because that was popping off. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, how real are they going to get with us about what was going on during the Showtime Laker era in Los Angeles to these players? They were huge pop culture icons. I assume that. There was much more than basketball that was going on, you know? Yeah, true, true, true. So, like, will we see the – will Jack Nicholas have a cameo? Will we have uh, the cameo? There have to be a for, young um, Jack Nicholas. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, we got to have all these actors in the, in, in the, in the forum snorting and blow, partying it up because they said the forum parties were the shit. <laughs> like, like, that's what I want to see. And if you're getting Michael Shannon to play Jerry Buss – Yo, it better go down. Like, Michael Shannon better get into it. That dude's a great actor. Exactly. So uh, this is just HBO again, just trying to... Kicking ass. Trying to give us some great content. I, I haven't seen it yet, so I didn't put on, like, my movie on the rise or anything, but I've heard that, that uh, the, was it The Righteous Gemstones or something like that? The, the, uh, the show, the comedy that they have going on about super churches, I've heard it's really funny right now. Oh, real? John, John Good. Goodman and Adam Devine. Ooh, I need to check that out then. Yeah, it's a co- it's like a comedy about the mega churches and all that. It's, For real, it's supposed to be hilarious. Well, all right, Shuby, that's all I got on the HBO thing. Uh, but this is hype. I'm hyped for it. All right, well, let's go into some trailers. Uh, the first one is the Politician, which is just like a I don't know. I'm trying to remember what platform. I think it's Netflix, but it's a TV series that's coming up. Pretty much just uh, Ben Platt, who's best known for his role in Pitch Perfect. Okay. And uh, he he was the nerdy guy. Real? Okay. No. Yeah, the nerdy magician guy. Real? Well, I, I, this is the politician one, right? Yeah. See, when you put this on the notes, I thought you were talking about a trailer that I don't think you watched. Did you, you talking be- about the, the Adam Driver thing? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Margot Robbie trailer. Uh, it is called, hold on, I'm about, I'm pulling it up. She just had a new trailer where she, oh, Bombshell, where it's a oh, story. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where Charlize, where Charlize Theron is playing, um, that famous Fox, uh, news actress lady. Yeah, Which, uh, yeah. Talking about the whole, uh, the, the Roger Ailes deal. Yeah. Fox News. With Gretchen Carlson and all that, and, uh, uh. And um, what's her name? Uh, Megan Kelly. Yeah, that shit. Megan Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, that trailer was wild. I'm yo, that trailer seemed like this movie's gonna be pretty good. And I haven't seen yeah. Charlize Theron acting like a big, a big, like a non-action role in a while. And we know she can get dramatic, so Besides this might be up for that the... other Seth Rogen thing. Yeah, true, 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 true. So this might be like a Oscar contender. So I, that's what I thought the politician was, but no, it's, no, it's no. A, the politician is a comedy musical that's gonna premiere. Uh, pretty soon, I'm bad thing. It might be. I guess it's yeah. Netflix. Yeah, it's gonna really? come in at the end of September on Netflix, and it's got Ben Platt, who's from Pitch Perfect, and uh, Zoe uh, Dutch, 
and uh, Jessica Lange from America Horror Story, Dylan McDermott, Bette Midler, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Cool, cool, cool. That's what's yeah, up. it's pretty much like this guy, Peyton Hobart, is a student from Santa Barbara who knew he wanted to be the president of the United States, but first he has to navigate the most treacherous political landscape of all, St. Sebastian High School. Real. So, so right, it's I'm pretty a- much like a series about this guy who's like so determined to be president and like it's... I guess uh, a political drama about being high school president. And like, it looks pretty funny because some of the elements are like Zoe Dutch is playing like this girl who has cancer and like he adds her to his ticket. Like he's supposed to, he's like promoting this girl is like, yeah, like I'm so in touch with the, you know, uh, not disabled, but sick. I'm like, so I'm so in touch with the, the sick and, I love everyone. And then she like says something that was like not PC. And so he like, he ruined this. He like just totally trashes her or whatever. It just like, seems like it's going to be really ruthless about politics and like show the, the real sketchiness that is running for offices and all that. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, that's what's up. I dumped up peep game. Yeah. I think it's gonna be pretty funny. Okay. Cool. But the, 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 the musical element scares me. Uh, yeah, that, I'm not. I'm not a big musical guy. Exactly. So, I don't want this to be like Glee, the po- the political. Drama. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, the next trailer we're going to talk about was a surprise in my showing, and Lyndon, uh, thanks to Latino YouTube, was able to 100. find a showing. Uh, <laughs> it's Tenet. Yeah, this this went under the radar. Like I didn't know this was out when Schubert texted me that I was in his theater for the movie when watching the kitchen I was like yo let me hurry up get to this movie theater I got there early because if Schubert knows my, my my motto is the movie does not start at the time they tell you you have 15 to 20 minutes of previews and being that we have the internet there's no point in me going watch these freaking previews because I've seen all the trailers well Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers proved that theory wrong because Tenet was in the theater like what the hell and I didn't know yeah, it was, it's not out there. on the internet like There's I had to find the leak version. seconds. Yeah. It's only sixty seconds. It's just a small showing of John David Washington looking like a super badass spy. He really does, man. And like, I'm excited for this because J- John David. We thought it was sci-fi. No, this looks mm-hmm. like it, it. Still might be. We don't know. But this it, looks like a, a straight up spy thrill. Like John if David it's Washington. Sci-fi, is- it's just because it's put in the future, but not far. Yeah. Like, I'm talking like maybe 2040. We like, may have like, like different weapons in there. Like may, the most they might do is like may, maybe. Maybe the cars run on their own. Yeah. Like that. But like it's not that far in the future. Like it looks good. Like if this, this might be John David Ward. Like I know Black Klansman was like his coming out party, but this is the one that's going to make him a mainstay. For sure. And I feel like this is what Christopher Nolan does is he kind of takes people who are just on the cusp of showing what they can do and then showing us what they can do. So, yep. And now, yo, this gets me more excited for Rob Pattinson because, like, we got to see him in this. Oh, yeah. And this this will be pre Batman. So, like, let's see if he's ready to do And, like, is he the villain here? Is he going to be part of the spy group? Like, I want to know. Oh, is he the villain? I think he he might be the villain. I think yeah. could be. Or is he? A, or is he his partner? Ooh. Or is he? Like that's the thing we just don't know, and that's what this sixty-second 
little snippet of Tenet doesn't give us. It just shows us that John David Washington is probably going to be one of the main focuses, which I didn't think was going to be the case. I thought it was going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson or Rob Pat was going to be no, the main they, focus. They said they like the, the when they announced it, he, John David Washington was the first casted, and he, he was the like when they when, when they announced casting, we he, they said he was the lead. Well, there you go. So yeah, yeah. I, but I'm still interested to see what who the rest of the ensemble is. But I'm excited that John David Washington looks like he's going to kill it. Yeah, this it looked really good. Like, shout out to Latino YouTube because they had the leaks on lock. You can find it other sure. gentlemen, For if you sure. want to watch it. But that's all I got. Uh, that's all I got. Or on. I mean, I guess maybe they're still showing in some theaters, so maybe you caught it. Yeah, maybe you can if you go watch the kitchen this week. Yeah, I was reading one article where they showed it in Hobbs and Shaw as well. Damn! See, both both the two movies I I went to the past two weeks, I missed it. Hobbs and Shaw and the in the kitchen. Damn. All right, all right. This one I thought was pretty funny. UK, UK Broadcasting Channel Four has greenlit new fact factual entertainment format, The British Tribe Next Door, which will see a British family spend four weeks with a remote tribe in Nambia. The twist in this format is that unlike most adventurers, the participants don't say goodbye to the comforts of their own home. Instead, they take them with them. The family will have running water, electricity, and all their possessions around them from hair straighteners to frozen ready-made meals and a TV. But they'll be uh, living in this remote tribe in Nambia. Yo, that so they're just going to be like, they'll have all their comforts at home, but just in Nambia. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I'll watch it. It looks super weird. I don't know how we're going to be able <laughs> to see it because it sounds like it's like a UK reality show. But I was I saw this story and I was like... And and like there's no picture on our notes, but the picture for this is like a, you know, uh, husband, wife, daughter, son, you know, the typical stereotypical four person family and like a, a suburb house flat in the middle of the savannah. Bro, oh, wait, let me. Have you seen the American Dad episode where Steve and uh, Stan go to Camp Refugi, where they go to Africa because Stan, Stan wants to give Steve a real camp experience? No. That this fucking reminds me of that. <laughs> like these white people are just gonna be in Nam, you're like, oh, well, we got all this running water, and everybody's gonna be like living their lives like in, in the in the real struggle of the savannah. So, like they like, go, please go watch that American Dad episode because if that's the case, if this is. Anything like that, this will be a great show. Maybe it will be. I don't know. I, 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 I think it's, it's going to be funny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hope it's a comedy. I think it's going to be a little bit of like comedy mixed with like, oh, well, we should be more grateful about the things that we have, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like, kind of like Wife Swap, where like Wife Swap was really funny at times, but it also had, had like purpose. What was of, the like, purpose showing of Wife you, Swap? Showing you how other people. Showing you how other people live, and that sometimes they don't always ha- have the have it the way you have it. Okay, okay. Because for some episodes, some episodes it was just crazy people and crazy people. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, yeah, <laughs> wife swap, wife swap, walling. For sure. But all right, Shuby, we're gonna jump to the box office because we're gonna wait because the Disney Plus panel has started like started like 10 minutes ago and they're running off a bunch of bullshit like Lizzie McGuire and how Hillary Duff and high school back. musical and, yeah they're running the off series. a series they're running off a bunch of bullshit right now so we're gonna finish box office movie on the rise we're gonna answer our fan question and we're gonna just keep doing the rest of the show until 
either the Mandalorian doesn't happen or it does. So here, here I'll run off this little Disney news real quick though that um, they they've sh- they shook up their release calendar. We've been talking about that Corella movie, but it's now moved from Christmas 2020 to uh, Memorial Day 2021, and mm-hmm. the with the Fox purchase, Disney got. Fox drama The Woman in the Window, which is starring Amy Adams, and that got moved um, from October 4th of this year to May of 2020. Okay, good for them. Just letting that, letting that be known because we have been talking about the Corella movie, and I think it's interesting that they're pushing it back because, like, they've just been saying they've just been casting it now, so obviously they haven't been working on it. So I guess yeah. it makes sense. 100%. Well, should we get into the box office, my brother? Uh, for some reason, I put six on there. So six was Angry Birds uh, two, which I felt like dropped off significantly from last week. I felt like it was in the top five last week. Really? Um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is number five, which I've heard really good things about. Okay. Um, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw was at number four, dropping because, I mean, that it's been three weeks now. Yeah. The Lion King still at number three. I think that's warranted. I still saw people going to see Lion King when I was in yep. line last night. Same. Uh, and then number two is Ready or Not, which we'll talk about next week on the show. Is that a a, a, a horror film? Slightly. So, we got, so we're going you to watch a premise? horror film next week? No. You, you know the premise? It's uh, this guy. I think it's Adam Brody. And he's marrying this girl. And at after the wedding, the family's like, we have, like, one more thing we do before you're officially in the family. And we play a game. And then she's like, oh, we're playing hide and seek. And then, like, they all grab weapons. And she oh, my gosh. And they try and kill her. And she has to make it to Dawn or something like that. Oh, and he has to protect her? Well, he ends up, like, protecting her, yeah. But oh. it's more of, like, she has to make it through the night. I assume that he probably dies. Uh, oh, real. Wow. Ready or not, we'll be watching that next week because nothing's out, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I have to check on that again, but I'm I'm pretty sure. And plus, I like watch, I, I like when we do a movie that's been out in a week because, you know, spoilers. Yeah, true, 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 true. All right, and number one's The uh, Good Boys. Yeah, number one is The Good Boys because The Good Boys is dope. Yeah, 100. All right, Shubi, let's get into our movie on the rise, brother. For sure, you go first. All right, my movie on the rise this week is another a new anime show. Cannon Busters was turns out after we watched it, it was good. It wasn't great, but it's still worth the watch. It's one of the better animes released this year. I just had higher expectations. This one is one that one one best new show or best new something in the anime awards last year because it was that good. This is Hero Mask Part Two, whereas. There's no question of this one's tone. Like, you know exactly what this is. This is a cop drama mystery solving anime, which is great. Check out Hero Mask Part 2. I'm excited to watch it. Okay, well, going into what's coming out next week, there's nothing. I just finished looking looking at that. Uh, But my movie on the rise is actually a TV show, and it's not new per se, but it was – I feel like just got put on Hulu because I hadn't seen it before – but it was season one of the show What We Do in the Shadows, which is based Real. off a movie uh, starring and was made by Taika Waititi called What We Do in the Shadows. And it's pretty Real. much – imagine The Office, 
the documentary style and all of that, you know, people looking at the camera when stupid shit happens, but with vampires in real life, Staten Island today. Okay, real. Is it pretty? Is it pretty damn good? I thought it was hilarious. I binged it in two days. Real. So that's how you know it was pretty damn good. Word. Like, right, I, I, I could. Yeah. I couldn't stop watching it. I thought it was so funny. All right, there de- there's definitely it's episodes where you're like, oh, maybe that wasn't as funny, but like it really kind of struck me from the jump, and I like tore into that. Okay, cool, cool. Well, then I'll definitely, probably more than likely give that a give that a look see. Yeah, it's short. It's you know, it's thirty minutes. It's from FX, so you know that's the same group that does Archers and All Always Sunny. We know FX is good at making quality television shows for tv and i think this is just the same what we do in the shadows gives you you know the good 28 30 minute show that can make you laugh your ass off i'm with you all right word i'll peep game god i wish september 25th would come here speaking of fx so i can get it's always sunny back because man i miss that show I, it's okay, man, because September 6th we get Titans. So that is cool. true. And, yo, they really, I, I know this wasn't in our notes, but let's just run off the cuff since we're about to talk about DC because we have a, a fan question. Uh, but, yo, they released the premise or whatever, the season's two synopsis. Oh, I didn't see that. You didn't, hold on, I'm about to read it to you because, like, and, uh, and they released the stills for episode one. I did see that. Like it I, now, now do you how do you feel about me saying that? Oh yeah, we're taking care of Trigon all in one episode. Uh, I guess it can be done, but I that mean, seems like what they're I'll doing. And, and they said that Ben Bruce Wayne will be in episode one. Ian Glenn. Ian Glenn. I think that makes sense. Yep. So uh, look, all right. So look, this is a season two uh, synopsis. In Season 2, following the aftermath of their encounter with Trigon, Dick reforms the Titans under his supervision in their new home at Titans Tower. So we are, so we're getting Titans Tower. Thank you, Synopsis, for spoiling that for me, but whatever. Rachel, Gar, and Jason train together to hone their abilities as Jason Todd, and they work together as a team. They are joined by Hank Hall and Don Granger, a.k.a. Hawk and Dove, and Donna Troy, a.k.a. Wonder Girl. Although these original Titans attempt to transition into regular life, when old enemies resurface, everyone must come together to take care of unfinished business and as the family of old new titans including connor kent and rose wilson learn to coexist the arrival of deathstroke brings to light the sins of the old titans which threatens to tear this new titans family apart once more season two sounds litty (laughs) yeah it sounds kind of what we wanted to get out of it and way more involved with other characters we're obviously yep. getting Jason Todd in the fold. And that, that that goes back to my prediction that Deathstroke will kill his ass. In, in Or he's dying this season. Also, they didn't mention Aqualad. I, I have a prediction with that. Which one's I Rose Wilson? Rose Wilson is, is a Ravager. That's uh, Ravager. Deathstroke's daughter. That's not Jericho. That's Ravager. Rav, that's Ravager, the one who's just like Deathstroke. But gotcha, gotcha. My, my prediction is... Something with those old Titans either caused Aqualad to die or there's something up with Aqualad because he was not mentioned at all. They even mentioned Superboy. I think Aqualad pertains to the old Titan sins. What are, the, maybe, what are those old sins? Maybe, like, so are you saying that there was an old Teen Titans? That's what, they, that's what the synopsis said. Well, I mean, like, 
But we never got it, that indication. Like, so you, well, who would have the old been Teen Titans have been? Well, you remember in the trailer we saw that that pic that that shot of Robin in his Robin costume, Dick, which we know is destroyed. So that must be a flashback. Hank, uh, Hawk and Dove, Hawk and Dove. Yeah, I forget her name. Dawn, uh, Wonder Girl, and Aqualad. Those are the oh, ones we saw. So you're saying, okay, so that was probably like that OG group. Okay. That's the OG Titans. And I think something happened to Aqualad and he's a part of the sins of Titans past. Maybe so. Like, I'm interested, man. Season two is going to be Liddy, but that's all I had to say on that. Also, a quick update on Disney Plus because we're just waiting until some stuff happens. Why the fuck are they talking about Forky right now? Forky's getting a TV show. Yeah, I, I've, I anticipated that. <laughs> Like, no one cares about what Forky's doing. Now they're talking about monsters at work. Can they please hurry up and get to freaking Star Wars? Although this monsters at work stuff kind of looks pretty cool. I'm not gonna I lie. Saw they're making the big deal now about the Disney plus Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Uh, Hillary Duff's back? Yeah, she's going to be 30. Liz, Lizzie's, Lizzie's 30. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, let's answer this week's fan question. And I want to shout out to the fans who were talking to us on Twitter this week. We really appreciated those conversations. Shout out to Ashley C. Shout out to Chase. Shout out to um, what's my what's my guy's name? I got to pull up his Twitter name because I don't know his in real life name or his government name. But but that's my guy. He's uh, it's, it's something of House Targaryen. Darius of House yeah. Targaryen. Shout out to Darius of House Targaryen. That's my guy. But yeah, so this is the question we were discussing on Twitter this week. Chase posed, I think DC needs to accept the gritty, dark nature of their world and make the big time movies R-rated. What do you guys think? Shuby, you want to start us off, brother? Uh, uh, I think DC needs to accept the gritty, dark nature of their world and make big time movies rated R. What do y'all think? No. Why do you think no? Because then you lose all the money that you're trying to to get, you know? Like, there's no way that Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, anyone who has anyone who has a T-shirt that kids walk around with, you, you can't make that. A, you can't make a rated R movie with them in it. There's just no yeah, way. Because like, because then you just take away a whole big base of your money. And look, DC is uh, has dark elements in it, and I think. For those characters, you go PG-13. You can go as dark as Dark Knight did. And I think for some, they will do that. But for others, we're going to get Shazam, and we're going to get Shazam tones. And there's nothing wrong with that, because each hero... I'm looking at my poster on the wall. Green Lantern has a different tone than Wonder Woman. Green Arrow has a different tone than both of those. Flash has a different tone than all four, all three of those. Superman has a different tone than all four of those. Cyborg, Hawkgirl, Batman, Supergirl, Aquaman, Shazam, and Martian Manhunter are all characters that in individually they have a different tone. And now when they come together, they they usually use Superman and Flash's tone just because it's more acceptable to the masses. The most lighthearted. Exactly. We wouldn't see a Justice League taking on Batman's tone or even Green Lantern's tone or Green Arrow's. They have to take on Wonder Woman, Flash, and Superman. So... To answer your question, Chase, my thing is I love gr- dark, gritty DC. There's Titans. There's Doom Patrol that takes— It's those- also represented in the animated series? Yep. Series? There's a I lot mean, of different— Plural. 
there's a lot of different mediums that show that DC can be lighthearted and dark at the same time. And if you want that dark grittiness, you can check that out of that. But go support Joker because if that's successful, then we'll see more dark gritty stories told in an Elseworld form. Yeah, that's the way that they would have to do it is in Elseworld form or use characters that are maybe lesser known or villains. Yeah. Then you could probably do something like that. Like maybe I could see them going with like a a strictly Deadshot movie that could be rated R. And like the argument that people put out there is like Deadpool, but Deadpool isn't Captain America, you know? Like Deadpool's yeah. as a brand has always been violent rated R adult. Yep. No, I'm so with like, you. On that. that was his brand. So the, you can't take somebody whose brand is kid comic book and make it and make it into an r but some of the arguments that we were having in that twitter conversation is i do think that you can take heavier themes like jason todd's death barbara gordon being paralyzed things like that and the ways that you shoot them you can make it into a pg-13 movie yeah you just can't show it show show it as graphically as you could yeah yeah i mean i mean like again i think that you could insinuate that without, without showing it showing it yeah true 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 all right word up well thank you for your question chase you guys send in some more and we will be answering you guys questions all right Shuby, let's get into our review of the kitchen which man we feel drastically different about well i mean i guess the only thing that's drastically different is that you're just so excited about it i like that movie man i really did where, like, I'm not saying that I think it's shitty. I'm just not saying that I think it's great. Yeah. I, I don't think it's great. I think it's good. And I, and I enjoyed it. Right? Uh, I think I, that uh, Domino Gleason and Elizabeth Moss did great. Domino Gleason with what was, they were a given. Surprise, was a big surprise to me. Like, when I saw him in there, I was like, wait. That's Dom Hall? Let's go, baby. And then, like, him being this Gabriel character who, like, the way his hair looked, like, like him being this Irish gangster, I was just like, I fucked with it. Like, I was like, let's go. Well, his his initiation into the film, or, you know, the way, when he was introduced, his introduction to the film, he kills a huge character and saves a huge character. And you're yeah. just like, okay, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will say this. They did a lot of sh- telling and not a lot of, like, they didn't back, like, I get why you feel motivations weren't there because they definitely just, like, did things and, like, they were like, all right, you piece this together, but we're just doing it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it was pretty much we're going through with this thing. Details may not be required. Yeah. And I was okay with that because, like, I, I kind of got all everybody's, like, purpose. This movie... uh I would say does a good job of re- of hiding its twist when it twi- when its twist comes like you don't expect the twist and it was a good twist. Well, I guess I- like also with the twist is there was a there was that scene. Are we spoiling this? Yeah, we can. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah it's we been out a week or yeah, maybe even a couple weeks now. But uh, yeah, so I mean this the scene in, in the twist where. It's, Tiffany Haddish is sitting there with someone having sex in there. That was, was going to be one of the things I was going to come in here and be like, what the heck was that? Like, that was like an entire scene of her sitting in a room with like some person like banging somebody. Okay, I was, like, wait. Is she watching Dom Hall Gleason bang somebody? No, 
okay, see, I thought she was watching her husband bang that white woman that uh her husband's mom was talking about. That's that what I thought it could have been is. But I thought, it was, I, I thought it was Liz's mom for some reason. Apparently, no, nobody was banging. It was just Common was buff. <laughs> well, then why? But I, I don't understand, like, why they made the person in that bed, like, just. It was looked weird. like. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> they like, I, that confused me. <laughs> it, like, I, that's the thing about the twist. Like, I thought that the twist was well hidden, but, like, when it came down on it, I was, I kind of threw my hands up. Like, there were a lot of times where I just kind of threw my hands up. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> like, like at the end with um, with Elizabeth Moss's death or whatever, and who kills her. I'm just like, really? And Missile McCarthy, like, the whole DOI where they're pissed at her. Really? Okay. Like, it was... I, there was just some things where I'm just like, okay. See, I was upset about the freaking, uh, whatchamacallit... The uh, Melissa McCarthy storyline because they all tried to tell her like, "Yo, the, your husband isn't with you. He's hiring hitmen to come kill us." Like, and that's why freaking Elizabeth Moss died for, for no reason. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like, I, I didn't understand the whole husband dynamic, and they didn't really give us a reason why her, why Melissa McCarthy and her husband are so so close and so, and why she has no intention tension to not believe that he's got the best intentions at heart. Like well, I, I was mean, like, this dude seems sketchy from the beginning. You never gave me you never gave me any idea that he was like ever uh, a good husband. I wouldn't say a good husband, but like sympathetic to her to her feelings or to like where her her, her life is or and uh, even I when like he was saying and I guess even when he was saying like, oh yeah supporting you i'm like okay well you weren't even on screen so i believe you i guess we were supposed to believe that elizabeth moss had the beating husband uh which mccall it had the problems with how she was black and her husband was white and he he was supposed to be the next well, of the irish gang well i wasn't sure if like that whole thing was what he said at the end where he was like yeah yeah i just wanted to be with you because like i wanted the clout almost yeah, he just wanted to just just to do it, just to do it, like just to, just to be like, yeah, look at me, guys. I went out and I married a black girl. And then, but Tiffany Haddish was saying that, like, no, we know that you weren't doing that because of that. We know you're doing that because you wanted to be against your mom and like, and you hadn't been with a black woman before. And like, so I understood their dynamic more so than uh, the Melissa McCarthy one because that one was just supposed to be like. You just believe, like, out of all these three families, like, she has the good, the non-sleazy husband. Like, that was the one where it was like, they should have showed us he was being a little less sleazy. Like, they should have made me believe he was less sleazy and then, like, pound on the sleaziness later to where it would have been a, another good little, like, oh, okay, cool, this was hidden, but, like, you know. Or at least, if, if he's sleazy, explain to me he's sleazy and why this bitch is still staying with him. Yeah. Either way. Know. But I, I enjoyed the TV for me for me uh, yeah go ahead and tell you why you enjoyed it. I just enjoyed it because it was it was a, a it felt like a a mob a mob crime film which it was and it had a lot of moments. Yes, the film might have been too long, but I thought this movie was engaging and I followed it very well and it led me to a place where I had fun in the movie. Like, I'm, nowhere is this the best movie of the year, but it's in my favorites because I enjoyed the time at the theater. 
a lot of the action and, and a lot of the like the stuff that they did. Now I think some of the dialogue might have been a little cheesy, and I think that it might have went along a, went along a little too long. But I thought what they did accomplish was good stuff. I don't know. I felt the felt opposite of that. I mean, I didn't really. I was I was pretty bored. Um, I felt like a lot of things just ran together and really didn't piece well with me. And I really only liked scenes with Elizabeth Moss and Donald Gleason, specifically them talking on the bed or you know, at the at the foot of the bed. If you remember that scene, that was your that, favorite scene. That was my favorite scene in the whole movie. I felt that I like that was the most where I felt it. Like I didn't feel anything in a lot of those other scenes. Like maybe it was th- them not being able to act the way they wanted to act it. Maybe it was the dialogue. Maybe, maybe it was just confusion on the pacing. I don't know what it was, but I, I just didn't feel much from that movie. Real well. See, that's where we just we just went a little different ways. Our first our first split decision. Look, if you out there are watching, if you out there go watch the kitchen, let us know who you side with, Shuby or Lynn, and we'll be out here in these streets. But I'm like, yeah, man, movies are subjective. But you know, I thought it was a good time. You didn't? It's that's how it be sometimes. Yeah, I was really surprised when I woke up this morning and you were like, "Oh, this might be my best movie of the year," and I'm like. Well, I, I changed. I changed it from best to like I I I, I was just a little hype coming out of it. it. It's favorite. Like it's it's up there in my favorite. I enjoyed myself at the movie. This was like one of the one of the more times I had fun. Like I had fun at Good Boys. I had fun at this one. Like it was just a I like and that's my that's my genre, man. I love good mob stuff movies, and it and it felt like a comic book that I'm reading too. So I got you. Um, but yeah, I guess go ahead and rate it. Uh, I rated a solid, uh, seven, seven, three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like between seven and seven, five. That's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm at five, seven. Five point seven. Yeah. All right. For sure. Word up. All right. Well, yeah. Damn. Drastically different. Seven point five, five point seven. The flip side. All right, I guess. Fuck, man. This is this is this is a, a ridiculous. They well, just we gotta talk fucking... about Young Justice, my guy. Oh yeah, true, true, true. All right, well, let me pull up the uh, DC Universe real quick. Uh, because that was fire. How many episodes like are we behind? There, like, there was two, or I guess three ish. Because I mean, we kind of talked about where we where we were. Sort of last week where I said that I had seen up to them going after Granny Goodness and going into whatever that zone is. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. With Overlord and all that. And the yeah, Dick Grayson and Jefferson get saved. And uh, so we're yeah, talking about the, the, we're talking we're talking about the episode where you of the reveal of the betrayals, which was a theme started by Deathstroke. Yeah, that's and, wild. And uh, then the aftermath of that. Like, I thought the Deathstroke betrayal, like, so I don't know if the ter- the terror betrayal is going to happen this season. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it will. I don't think it will either. Like, I if think it that's going to be the end. Yeah, I feel like this is a long played move because the betrayal was Dr. Jason. I feel so bad for Black Lightning. Like, he was banging that bitch and she didn't even want him. <laughs> talk, about a tw- talk about a twist I did not see coming. <laughs> yeah, no. The Doctor J thing threw me for a loop. I was like, "Okay, Young Justice, get me yeah, back on." I was, 
I was like, bam, then you just made everything worth it. But the thing with Batman and them, like, uh, Batman and his group pretty much pulling the fast one on the outsiders and pretty much setting up all of their battles. Yeah. Was just wild to me. And it kind of made up for the reason why those, I, I guess it wasn't the reason that those past three episodes before that weren't that great. But it kind of makes some sense where, like, okay, well, this seemed, like, a little too easy. Yeah. And and it's like, okay, well, now now we see it's chess moves. Like, Batman and these, this is not a battle of superheroes like we know. This is a battle of superheroes behind the scenes playing chess. Batman versus Lex Luthor. Who will put their chess pieces in the right spot to see who wins the public perception battle? This is a – like, this season is very interesting because – all that bullshit we had to go through gets made up with, like, little pieces of information like this. Yeah, where you're like, oh, yeah, remember all this stuff that was going on? Yeah, they were totally BSing you. Yeah, true. Like, so 100%. The, so pretty much Granny Goodness figures out the anti-life equation because of taking Halo. Yep, and, and how she's a mother box and, like, she basically – she's a mother box fused with organic life because Metron made all mother boxes to not be able to get the anti-life equation because it's through technology. But when you fuse that technology with organic life, it causes a reaction that makes the anti-life equation inside this zone possible. Yeah. So in the anti-life so, equation allows you to control people and can kill people like this shit is crazy. Yeah. And pretty much granny gets uh, the main leaguers. Yeah. Um, and so we, we're back on Earth here, and we're kind of uh, – everyone's fe- feeling betrayed. Like, I felt like the big theme in the episode where we find out everything about Dr. Jace was at the beginning of that episode where Deathstroke is like – I mean, you may think that they're the heroes, but there's ac- there's actually a lot of things going on behind the scenes, like betrayals. Yeah, and they're, they're not, not the type they're, of people you think. Yeah, they're not the good – people that you think and then in that episode she sees not one but two people betray yeah get betrayed and she's and so she comes to the realization and she's like you were right like these I people, mean, you, these people you can't mean. be trusted yeah Oof, that was some that was some stuff young slade running the running game brother Oof. Oh, and wow. i noticed they kind of gave him the costume that they gave him in titans if you if you notice that he has the hockey pad suit Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're trying to make some bring some connectivity, but let's talk about Terminus, the the hunt for Halo's on. Yeah. So Vandal Savage comes up to the tower. Oh, but real quick before we talk about Vandal Savage coming in there, the scenes between Connor and McGann in the tower about him feeling betrayed and some some of that that was like some of the more emotional scenes that have really worked for an animated show. Yeah, because like, Man, you who is think, Connor Kent now? You know, I'm like, because you gotta think, this if you're guy. Connor, if you're Connor Kent, like, yo, McGann did this whole secret life thing and was in this Batman team and she didn't tell you and I'm trying to marry you. Nah, girl. Sorry. You wild. Yeah, exactly. And then like his scene with Dick, too, where he's he's like I, it seems like you're becoming more the leader and he's like we both know that that was never my, my role and still is never is and it still isn't my role yeah and he's like yeah yeah i feel you and he's like no you are a leader and what you need to decide now is what kind of leader that you're going to choose to be after all of this mm. and so 
just Connor Ken just coming out there and like really being Superman. Yeah, Superman. I, you know, he's becoming like the moral compass of this team, I suppose. Which I didn't expect in season nope. one. Nope. Yeah, nope. not at all. Thought he was just the meathead. Pretty much. So, like, I've really loved his character development, especially in that last episode. Uh, but going into what I was saying previously, where Savage comes to the door and he comes in there and he's like, okay. Um, I want, I'm going to tell you guys where to find granny goodness and your, and your friend and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, what do you want to return? And he's like, I just want you to tell her who sent you, which I thought was mm-hmm. interesting. Why do you think he did Bad that? Ass. Oh, because it's like, yo, the light's not okay. This is interesting because they weren't supposed to, like granny goodness is not supposed to have the anti-life equation. They're supposed no. to work together, to take out the earth heroes and apocalypse will lead, uh, their side and, Vandal Savage and the Earth's villains will lead their side. The moment the anti-life equation came, and I, I know you remember in, anti, in the episode before, when they mentioned that, Vandal Savage's whole expression changed because he knows that that tips the balance of power not in favor of Earth. You got to remember that the Light's whole purpose is they want to maintain the future of Earth and humanity. Whether or not they do it through the means that the Justice Leagues agree with, they Vandal Savage's purpose is to maintain humanity, and with the anti-life equation not being to be, being into play, humanity is now at a disadvantage. So he has to side with the only other people that can take out someone with the anti-life, which is the heroes. And it's like, tell her we sent you, so you know it's real. You, we're not we're not partnering up no more. That I, I feel like that's the end of the lights partnership with Apocalypse. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's they're kind of splitting up here. Uh, I guess he's gonna stay out of this for now, but I'm, I guess he's hoping that they're they're gonna beat her, and I yeah. assume they will eventually. Um, but I wonder what's gonna happen after that. And it seems like we're not gonna get Dark Side this season. I feel like that's coming next season. A lot of stuff. I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like it's gonna be carried over. If but how many episodes got, they have left? I'm pretty sure they got four, huh? They have three. Three. Okay. Yep, and but they all come out in four days though. That's the thing. It's it's a three pack to finish the season. <laughs> um, and so once on the ship, really the most notable thing to talk about is the fever dream. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, so Dick Grayson's fever dream, where he sees Wally and everyone kind of in their old costumes, and because of their psychic link, everyone's kind of feeling this fever dream with him. So that was kind of an emotional moment for people who've watched the series from the beginning because it's kind of a, a moment where you see, I guess, the growth of that team and where yeah. they are now and the passion that they all have for one another. Yeah, no, 100%. This We're finally getting what we've been clamoring for, like oh, the old team. like what The old want. team doing the, doing what doing what they do, you know? Yeah, man. So good for them. I'm excited. Yep. And so they kind of left us on a cliffhanger, a negative cliffhanger. So we're going to find out next week what happens. Yeah, true, true, true. So good job, Young Justice. I know we bashed y'all last week, but this week we're pretty happy. So good for you guys. All right, Schubert, I guess it's time to talk Disney Plus. Some of it, yeah. I'm looking at some people talking about it now, and I'm really interested to talk about some of these things. So I I guess we can talk so, about what there is now and just... Are we holding it off on The Mandalorian until next week? I guess so, because, I mean, even even if they do 
release a trailer, I don't think it's going to be like viewable for us for another hour or two hours. All right, well, then let's do this. The Disney Plus stuff, we, we will hold off on until next week. Only thing we'll talk about is this. They're doing a Miss Marvel series. She's getting her own TV series on Disney Plus. And this has been rumored for a while now. So that we're going to get the first Muslim superhero. And Kit Harrington, which we already said, is going to be an MCU. There's WandaVision news that just broke. There's all kind of news. But we'll just talk about that next week. Was there news for WandaVision? I just saw that people saw the tone. And they said it's going to be a, a sitcom with it's it's a sitcom mix, a sitcom comedy mixed with like Marvel movie. And yeah. the, the, uh, Randall Park's going to be in it. Kat Dennings is going to be in it from okay, Thor. Okay, okay, okay. Like, yeah, they're bringing a lot of different people. And they released just now the Miss Marvel um, logo. Gotcha. Yep, yep. So. And yeah, so yeah, Randall Park's FBI agent Jimmy Woo is gonna pre- premiere in Wandavision, uh, and um, I'm trying to see what else is. Uh, right, was there U.S. Oh shit, they're bringing in U.S. agent in the Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, we, we definitely gotta talk about all this next week. All right, well we'll talk about more about Disney Plus and all of what comes out of D23 next week. There's a lot. So I guess we'll go ahead and wrap things up here for this episode of the Bros Who Think, the 53rd episode of the Bros Who Think, Bros Who Binge podcast. I'm sorry, I'm 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 forgetting that I wasn't on Bros Who Think this week, man. So I'm just- yeah, miss yo, shout wait, shout out to our guy, which shout out to our guy, No Lapels Reddit, because he's getting his wish. Moon what? Knight's coming to Disney Plus. Oh, is that just been announced? That's yeah. See, this is cr- like yo, yeah. We definitely got to talk about all this next week. Dang, yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll wrap things up now, so we can start fo- getting all this information. Uh, Lennon, go ahead and tell people what's going on with the network. Uh, you can check out the most recent episode of the Bros Who Think podcast, as well as uh, on on the Bros Who Think network. Uh, we talked about all kind of good stuff. We interviewed Kenny Mills. Be sure to check that out, as well as the most recent episode of Anime Talk. And for LSU fans to get you ready for the season, Josh and Charles dropped something. And you can follow me at LynnBWT and follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Man, Schubert, not only Moon Knight, She-Hulk. She-Hulk, too? Disney Plus series, yep. Gotcha. Yep. Animated or live? Gotta be animated, it, it, huh? It seems live action, like... That's what it's seeming like, but I, I can't. I mean, I can't tell you because I don't know any. D. I'm just looking at a picture. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at super 14 and just check out everything that's going on with the Bros Who Think Network. Check out um, my show on TuneIn Radio app, 990 WGSO Sunday from seven to eight. Call in if you would like. It'd be fun. We'll talk about sports. I'll probably. Uh, I don't know what I'll talk about this week. I'm probably not going to trash Baker Mayfield much to Lennon's dismay because he would probably want to call in and be like, shut up, F the Giants. Yeah, I would, bro. Make young Bake, bro. Can't do no wrong. Yeah, but young Daniel Jones, again, went off last night. But, well, that's sports. And yeah, we're talking about we'll, movies we'll talk on about the Bros. Revenge. So, yeah, we're going to get that D23 news. Maybe Spider-Man will come back. Maybe he won't. Maybe we'll never see Tom Holland in the Spider-Man suit again. Bring me Miles Morales. Uh, that, that wraps up things for this episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast. I hope you have a great weekend, and as always, keep binging.